So, we are hugely honoured that Samantha Markle has joined us today, and we are going to be talking about all things royal family. Hello, Samantha. Thank you for joining us. Hello. I have to wonder about the people giving him this platform and um, why they would allow it other than, you know, for some quick-hitting sales buff. It's, it's the biggest publicity stunt for a, a book in the history of the universe that we've seen in the last week. But there's so much speculation, Samantha, about what Megan is really like. Well, you know, I think I've been very forthcoming, too, that she is entirely different as a woman than, you know, the young girl and the child that we knew as family members. So uh, people like her best friend and others whom she has ghosted. Samantha, early on you said that it was irreconcilable between you and Megan. And when I watched the Piers Morgan thing, you know, your dad was uh, giving her kind of like an olive branch, really. Do, do you think it's irreconcilable with your dad and Megan? I don't know. I mean, and you know, I have to say there have even been times recently where it's so sad where I look at her face and I don't want her to feel hurt and I can't believe she's the same person that's done all of these horrible things. It's hard to separate from that and not to feel wishy-washy and to waver. The bottom line is it was all subterfuge and um, smoke and mirrors to hide the fact that the only reason they didn't want my father at the royal wedding was to hide all of the porky pies um, that they had told the royal family. And I'll swear on this to a stack of Bibles. Hello, Samantha. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, so obviously, you've been keeping an eye on the papers uh, at Harry's new memoir uh, that's been released spare. Yes, yes, I have. What I mean, I've got to ask firstly, what do you think of it? Um, you know, it 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 it's mind-boggling to me because so many of the things that I've seen that he said, and mind you, I had it in entirety. I've seen excerpts. I didn't buy the book. I was refusing to buy it, but I've seen enough excerpts as have much of the rest of the world to form an opinion and to get this sense. Um, in my opinion, that it seems to be a, a really um, odd, left-skewed opportunity to lash out with nothing but um, statements that appear to be um, disconnected from reality, even to the extent of spewing hallucinations or what seem like hallucinations. It makes no sense at all. And I have to wonder about the people giving him this platform and um, why they would allow it other than, you know, for some quick hitting sales buffs. But clearly, I mean, there was a time when you couldn't print anything or get a publisher with material that would be construed as being salacious. And this is nothing but salacious. So I'm, re it's really a head scratcher. Uh, yeah. So no, yes, it's only royal fans have noticed inconsistencies in the memoir, including what Meghan, in fact, wore on the first date. Um, she was saying a blue dress, he was saying a, a jumper and a pair of jeans. How much of the new book do you think is fabricated? Um, I feel as though it is fabricated and it seems as though it is strategically meant to clean up their slot from previous things that have been said to be able to 
walk them back to be able to, it seems as though it's subterfuge and that the whole purpose of it, in my opinion, is meant to confuse and to persuade new audiences who weren't privy to other facts and information to be able to rewrite history, to be able to reframe a narrative and to confuse those who maybe had a grip on the narrative previously. So it's, it's, it's word doctoring, it's, it's spin doctoring. It's, it's the biggest publicity stunt for a, bunk, a book in the history of the universe that we've seen in the last week. But there's so much speculation, Samantha, about what Megan is really like. So all this speculation is coming from people who don't know her. You know her. What is she really like? Well, you know, I think I've been very forthcoming, too, that she is entirely different as a woman than, you know, the young girl and the child that we knew as family members. So can I say I know her as a woman? Absolutely not. But I think uh, people like her best friend and others whom she has ghosted and done this 180 on, I think there are a lot of people now that say they don't know who she is and who she's become because it's not consistent with what we thought we knew. But um, I think clearly, you know, there's an effort here to or to to throw all of the dirt on Harry and to have the public controversy about him as uh, smoke and mirrors for my sister's previous world observed attacks on the royals, strings of lies and other atrocities and um, that that she had uh, committed in the eyes of the world. And I don't think it, you know, we can forget that just because Harry says he's putting cream on his todger and he hallucinates about, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that while Diana was giving birth to him, she was calling out to my sister. I mean, that's a clear, you know, so there's this weird, uh, <laughs> surreal stuff going on it's like an Andy Warhol painting coming to life <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness over to Matthew <laughs> well what what would I ask about first today is what did you make Samantha of the allegations from uh, New Zealand Airlines I'm sorry repeat the question please uh, what did you think of the allegations from New Zealand Airlines who suggested that um, your father, uh, Prince Harry suggested that your father had flown, had been bought a ticket to fly New Zealand Airlines first class. And they said, well, we don't fly from Mexico and um, we don't do first class. No, that was that was total Tosh. And if you're referring to, I mean, the, you know, just like them saying they had sent a car when he was already in the hospital, that was Tosh. Um, the text messages, clearly they knew how to get a hold of him and he didn't get text messages from them until after the fact when he was in the hospital and they were contrived. It's all smoke and mirrors to deflect from the fact that they coldly have ignored my father to cover up their own slop and deceit. And what's amazing to me about everything is that they, as poppycock, they use this false excuse of disowning him because of alleged staging paparazzi photos when he just really wanted the world to see him in his proper light because he had been horribly skewed by paparazzi. But to use that as a justification for disowning your father who's given you everything 
and then to be the purveyors of fake news and photo opportunities, walking on the graves of fallen war heroes and showing up with fashion photographers. And, oh, my God, it doesn't get more hypocritical than that. You know, it's it, I mean, to, to uh, the bottom line is it was all subterfuge and um, smoke and mirrors to hide the fact that the only reason they didn't want my father at the royal wedding was to hide all of the porcupines um, that they had told the royal family. And I'll swear on this to a stack of Bibles. It's come out now. No, everybody knows that she didn't pay for her own education. Everybody knows she never worked for the embassy. That was a lie. She got a five week study program paid for by my father and our uncle threw in a letter of recommendation as a favor to my dad. Um, all of these lies seemingly that she told the royals to garner false admiration and acceptance into the royal family, the only way she could keep those from coming to the surface was to seal off the hatches, keep everybody away from the wedding because, you know, when the champagne starts flowing at wedding receptions, people start talking. And they would be like, well, I thought you said you worked for the embassy. Oh, you only did a five-week study program. What do you mean uh, your dad paid for everything? I thought you said you got grants and scholarships. So every to keep all of those lies from being upfront in the beginning, everybody had to be kept away. And first and foremost, my father. So this ridiculous attempt at discrediting him. Oh, we have to make him not worthy of being there. Otherwise, the world is going to scrutinize why I haven't allowed my father to come to the wedding. So let's throw dirt on him and make it uh, falsely justifiable. Jen. So, uh, Samantha, my next question is, did it come as a shock uh, when Meghan so publicly stated in the Netflix documentary about their lives? Um, I don't know what your middle name is, meaning yourself. Uh, you're telling these people you raised me and that you coined me Princess Pushy. Okay, well, here, you know, this is great. Let's just get this out right up front. First of all, nobody ever saw me in an interview say that I raised her or that my brother raised her. We were integral in her life um, until she was, you know, about 12, a teenager, and even a little bit into high school. No, we, know, we, we taught her to walk because normal brothers and sisters do that when you have a baby in the house. But that doesn't equate with saying I raised her. So that was a media construct. That's Tosh. Um, and secondly, I mean, I think to suggest that, you know, this whole thing about saying she doesn't know my middle name. Well, I'm in her Wikipedia in the family for uh, family of the Duchess. She knows my middle name. Um, she knows enough about my life and spent enough time with me. So that's Tosh. That's a decoy. Um, I, I think that is her way of trying to create a disconnect in this. And isn't it funny? She alleges that she doesn't know my middle name but she so grandly took it upon herself to allege that I was a high school dropout and that I lost custody of all three of my kids from different men which is all de demonstrably false not true but she so she doesn't know my middle name she alleges uh, you know on one side of her mouth that she doesn't know me but on the other side of her mouth she extrapolates all of this stuff that you know, she says must be true. Well, gee, by your report, you're suggesting that you know me well enough to spew some really personal stuff, but it's supposed to be uh, significant that you say you don't know my middle name, Hogwash. She knows my middle name. She knows my birthday. She knows my address. She keeps tabs on me. Uh, nice try, Megan. Doesn't work. 
It sounds like Megan doesn't have long-lasting relationships with people then. Do you, in that case, do you think that the marriage with Prince Harry will last? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question. Um, but I think anyone with a functioning frontal lobe would suggest... You know, I heard that there are book, um, bookmakers um, taking bets on this, and there's, a, you know, the odds are definitely stacked against the marriage lasting. Um, there's significant odds. And honestly, I think we've all seen as a world them both being compulsive liars, that there are um, uh, that it appears that there are problems with substance abuse. Harry admitted that he's taking hallucinogenic um, chocolate covered mushrooms and um, both of them, when they speak, there's a disconnectedness from reality. So how can that be the basis, the recipe for a solid relationship? If they're both compulsive liars, how can they trust each other? And I'm sure by now Harry has realized that what was told to him about her when he first met her are stacks of porcupines. Megyn Kelly had it coined as over a hundred lies, like, you know, just every minute. Uh, and all of her lies have been debunked. So how can Harry trust that? And when you don't have trust in a relationship, what do you have? How can you, how can you have a, I don't know, show me someone who's had a long successful marriage based on strings of lies and and mistrust and substance abuse that I would say no. It just seems they're reveling in media attention, but there's a very shaky foundation for the relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, she's taken him away from his family. There's been a rift there. She, you know, jumped in seemingly like a bull in a China shop, did a lot of damage to the Royal family, attacked her Royal majesty uh, and was probably integral in the early demise of Her Majesty and Prince Philip. And how can Harry, in all good conscience, um, feel for her and not question and not resent uh, what she has done to the family that he's known and demonstrated love for his entire life? When she did that curtsy, I think the world noted that he was clearly uncomfortable. His face turned red. He looked down. He didn't verbalize it, but I, I got the feeling that he just, if he could, he would be crawling under that couch. <laughs> Matthew's turn. And well, I would like to say, um, Samantha, your sister seems to be a bit like the Scarlet Pimpernel. You know, they seek her here, they seek her there, they seek her everywhere. Where <laughs> the hell is Meghan Markle right now? She's uh, not She's not in Montecito because it's been evacuated. She's not in Manhattan, I don't think. So do you have any idea where your sister could be? Oh, I don't. You know how rumors are. Some people say she's in Canada. You know, um, whether here or there, I think um, it seems as though she is bowing out and letting the world throw dirt on her. I think, you know. Would you say, Samantha, that um, your sister is allowing her husband to take the heat and uh, she's like the uh, chef who's left the kitchen. Yeah, but you can't, there's nothing, you know, it's really hard to hide the elephant in the room. I mean, you know, especially yeah. this elephant is jumping on a trampoline where it's visible in so many ways. Uh, it's well, she does seem a bit like the elephant who does jump around a bit too much, doesn't she? But, um you know, do, do you think, what do you think her next move will be? You know, is it going to be her next book or is it going to be um, him that does something next? Um, rumor has it will be her next. But 
I think what is clear here is that they're both, um, you know, he's slightly throwing her under the bus, that there seems to be some relief coming now. Maybe they want to spew all of their secrets, throw everybody under the bus, including themselves, and get it out so that there's nothing more. But sadly, I think, in my opinion, with a couple like this, is that they will always be um, perpetuating more. They'll always be creating more drama. So, you know, you can't ever really get it all out on the table. Uh, and I think that, um, in my opinion, I think there is probably, a, you know, a plan somewhere for divorce. There's uh, there's no way. And I do have a degree as a mental health counselor. What is going on here is not the recipe for a successful, stable, loving marriage. And if anyone out there thinks that it is, please, God, feel free. Show me because I guess I would have to be clueless. Uh, you know, it, it's I don't think it's going to last. And I think divorce will probably be on the horizon. So we wait and see, I guess. Jen? I mean, Samantha, you must have heard some serious lie and rubbish about your life. Um, I read a article earlier where Megan claimed that you changed your surname back to Markle only after her and Harry started dating for the fame and recognition. I, well, I mean, is this another lie? That's ridiculous. First of all, I was born Markle. And I think like you go through a divorce. You may keep your name for a while so that when you're at school functions and whatnot, your children don't say, Mommy, how come you have a different name for me? So you might keep your divorce, your married name for certain things. And my uh, maiden name of Markle was on my bachelor's degree. Megan was there at my graduation. So um, the bottom line is my name was Markle long before she met Harry. And I used then my married name for my privacy and safety after news broke of them dating but journalists found us anyway and outed me as Markle. I was living privately in Silver Springs, Florida, under the last name of Rasmussen. But journalists found us because they know how to go through public records and find you through utilities and whatnot. They came to us. We didn't go to the media. And I had my privacy. And once everyone said, you know, here's Samantha Markle, there, then there were still people trying to say that my last name was Grant. Even though that's never been a legal name, there's no one in our family tree by the last name of Grant. That was a pen name that protected me when I did an episode of Matlock because I didn't want crazies knowing my real name and showing up at my house like they did Rebecca Schaefer many years ago. So I thought it's, so having a pen name is normal in many industries, whether you're a writer, whether you're an actress, it gives you some protection from the public. Uh, and some privacy, but that was taken away from me because trolls and everybody outed that. So Grant was never a real name, though. But the moral of the story is women can use their name interchangeably, their maiden name, as they see fit. You don't lose it just because you get married, as is evidenced by the fact that Megan was married to Trevor. Megan is now married to Harry. Why is she using Markle when she's a Mountbatten Windsor? Because she feels like taking it upon herself to do so. I'm no less entitled to that right, but I've always been a Markle. It was on my college degree long before she met Harry. So who is she to say that I only changed my name because she met Harry? And here's the truth. I didn't change my name legally when she met Harry. My driver's license was still in my married name for my protection. So I didn't legally go back to Markle on my driver's license until this July because I figured 
Trolls already have it. The world already has it. My grandmother would be sad. And I don't want to die under that disgusting married name of Rasmussen. It's a long tongue twister. It gave me privacy for a while. But the bottom line is she lied and said I changed my name back. I didn't change my name back. But I never lost my maiden name. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Samantha. Yeah, it's 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 just funny to me um, because it's glaring though that she's married and she's using her maiden name. She's <laughs> legally at Windsor, so who is she to challenge me using or not using my maiden name? Do you think she'll change it to Mountbatten Windsor? Um, I think she should. Um, I you know I think she's disgraced the Markle family. My grandmother would want her to lose the name because she's disowned our family and it's just like the royal family you you want the perks you want to disown the family you want to trash them but you want benefits and you want to keep a title you want to keep markle even though you've totally desecrated the markle name and and uh, and disowned the markles you know it's re- really arrogant of her thinking that she has a copyright on names and titles after she destroys people and wants nothing to do with them so my, you know, my, you know, a toast to her, I say, good on her. She should go out and either be a Mountbatten Windsor or a Ragland. Samantha, what did you think of the Oprah Winfrey interview and Megan saying things like that she'd never Googled the royal family? Yeah, well, you know, clearly it's so amazing to me that she doesn't think that highly credible people would challenge that. So whether you got, never Googled the royal family yet, she sitting on the wall at Buckingham when she was a teenager and there are pictures of her and she mysteriously knows everything about Diana and can mimic her clothing her posturing uh wore her perfume allegedly on her first date with Harry and um she I believe knows quite a bit about the royal family and um I find it also really arrogant that she would think that she can lie about someone like the Archbishop of Canterbury and say there was a secret wedding, which is against not only the rules of the church, but against the law. And he came out and was very forthcoming and said that never happened. So you're going to lie to the world about very credible people, which is a discredit to them. And you're going to challenge their credibility and put yourself above them and not think that you're going to be challenged. It's real. It's, it's a disconnect from reality. It is an arrogance that is mind boggling. And um, to, to use the Oprah interview, um, I think to do it with what did it have? 50 million viewers is is crazy and shame on Oprah for her lack of ethics and not doing her due diligence before something like that. Because now most of what has been said in the Oprah interview has been debunked. And then Harry comes out and says, we never said uh, that the royals were racist. Oh, let's use that as a cherry on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Going to bring Matthew in now. Uh, Samantha, could I uh, ask you, you know, what do you think, um, given your sister's past, what do you think her her next move will be? Um, Given she, you know, has had a career as an actress, she's married into the royal family, but doesn't accept that with rights go responsibilities. What do you actually think her next move will be? You know, lots of people say to me she's after power. She wants to go into politics. Do you think that's her agenda? Do you think her mother is helping her in that regard? Or No, or I, I, 
I think there's a lack of credibility. There's a lack of Oh, accidentally muted you, Samantha. Sorry. We go. I think there's a lacking education, credibility, um, the lies demonstrated on the world stage, you know, I think speak to uh, the lack of credibility. Uh, but not only that, I, I honestly, I was trying to figure out, in my opinion, what would be the best business for them. And since they they're out there just, you know, using titles that they have no business to that the royals have asked them not to use and they really have no merit in the United States. They should start one of those businesses <laughs> where, you know, you can pay for a millimeter of land and you and you can buy <laughs> it. call it titles are us. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think that would be a booming business for them. And that way, all of, you know, the Sussex Squad members and all of their crony curmudgeon followers out there who want to believe that they are equal and that they, too, are royal, they can, you know, buy their plastic tiaras that come complete with titles. And, um, you know, they won't feel so alone in their worthless title boat. We can actually do that here in the UK. You can buy a square foot of land and become a lord or lady. Yes. Could I uh, interject here? Go for it, Matthew. Yes. Hey, you know, um, what about um, Christopher Boozy? What do you make of Christopher Boozy and, you know, his interventions in the Netflix drama? You know, well, the people, the, the trolling that people like him cause on other people. I, You know, given all these, the world loves to talk about Twitter trolls. Um, well, I think he's one of the worst. Well, that's a great question, and I think it's been proven. If you if you followed uh, Nate, the lawyer Nate Brody, who was a prosecutor and police officer, very credible. He's got receipts uh, showing that from behind a paywall, um, Ellie Hall, Christopher Boozy, uh, who has bought Sentinel, um, have all orchestrated uh, showing falsely that anyone who said anything or engaged in deductive reasoning and said anything about my sister that didn't fluff her ego was socially labeled as a troll or as a hater. Well, Twitter representatives came forward, as noted in a Newsweek article, that there was no such targeted harassment campaign and cluster of accounts identified that that was false. Also, Chris Boozy is a self-proclaimed expert. It was found that four of his companies failed, that he worked for a small computer company, that he was not, in fact, an expert, and that his data that he used for those articles and for falsely labeling people as trolls, his data was not backed. It was not scientific. It was bogus. And a lot of the names even that they claimed were on a list um, for targeted hate campaigns and for Project Veritas, those accounts weren't even real or associated. In other words, they were fabricating data and putting it out there to try and label people like me and anyone who spoke out about my sister as a troll. And so Ellie Hall of BuzzFeed wrote a bogus article that said Samantha Markle is Meghan Markle's biggest troll. Well, that wasn't written until I announced my lawsuit. And here's the skinny on that. Refinery29 and others all did deep research into Meghan Markle. And my name was nowhere in there. In any of that research, you know, this is this man, Christopher Boozy, you know, he's a spreader of fake news. Right. Right. And he uses false data. And I don't know why Netflix would align with 
not do their due diligence when somebody labels themselves as an expert. He has no qualifications. He's no more of an expert than you and I are. And uh, to to make up a bunch of numbers and data and to put that into articles, I submit that that's not only misrepresentation, but that's fraud. It's defamation. It's personally and professionally injurious to those that they throw this tosh on as a label. Did you have something to add to that, Matthew? Well, I would like to say, you know, this Christopher Boozy is somebody who, you know, he wrote me a load of abuse on uh, social media. I don't know him. I've never met the man. I don't know him, but I've seen him on the Netflix program. You know, a fact is not a fact until you've proven it's a fact. And this is not a man who works on the basis of facts. It's the man who works on the basis of fiction. He he has spread lies and nonsense about um also man for amongst other people you know he 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 and the likes of omid scooby are simply pr peddlers for those people they're not they're not actually genuine in their analysis they don't do any kind of research i don't find you know omid scooby is somebody who who just appears on the tv every time that they want to say anything on behalf of um megan and harry and it's it's not acceptable. I don't think that these people are quoted as reliable sources because they're simply not. Yeah, exactly. Samantha, right. um, it's Jen's turn. Sorry, go go for it, Jen. Yes, breaking protocol there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to move on to it's a bit of a lightening. The whole world met your wonderful daughter Ashley on the docu series, and she seemed to be very close and almost stick up from. Megan's side of the story. How close are they in real life? And is their relationship genuine? Do they actually spend a lot of time together or was it all for show? Well, I don't know what it is like now. I had um, I had hooked them up. I um, gave Ashley's information to my dad. She and I had reconnected um, because I decided I wanted my children to have a charmed life and I didn't trust babysitters in Los Angeles when her father and I couldn't make it work. And so I had an opportunity to allow my children to be raised in the countryside, go to private schools. And that was what I felt was best for them. And if I couldn't be a part of that because I had to work and I couldn't afford it, so be it. And so I didn't, you know, anyone who would judge me on that um, would have to be a pretty evil person. Um, I loved my daughter. Um, I still do. I always will, even though we are not BFFs and we've grown apart, we started to reconnect. And I wanted her to have a great relationship with my sister, because they're close in age, they're only four years apart. So that being said, I could not foresee, though, that at the beginning of all the royal hoopla that she would be caught up in the fake news and the media swell that said, Oh, that Samantha's a horrible, jealous hag, she's horrible. I think that influenced my daughter falsely against me. And I think my sister manipulated that. And my daughter believed it erroneously. So it's kind of sad. Um, but in the Netflix interview, she didn't look happy. She didn't look convinced about what she was saying. And I felt perhaps that there was some undue influence there. Um, and if, if you know, she chooses the relationship with my sister over a relationship with me, she's an adult. I want her to be happy, then so be it. But I think there's an error in that judgment, and I hope she comes around to see it. I don't know if they're still communicating. I heard that that was filmed in August, 
So a lot might have changed, especially when she realized that she had been lied to. Um, the media and researchers are very clear about the fact that even Neil Sean brought it out, that it was not the palace that said she couldn't go to the royal wedding as my sister lied to her and apparently told her. It was my sister's decision. So my sister was pawning and lying to my daughter to hurt her and make her feel like I was the reason she couldn't go to the wedding. That was a lie. That was not true. And that's been debunked. So I'm sure that Ashley um, realizes that now and probably has had words with my sister about it or not. I don't know what their relationship is like right now, but I'm sure she must know that she has been played. I'm curious about the media hoopla, Samantha. When the public became aware and the media became aware of Harry and Meghan's relationship, how did your and your family's lives change? Um, it it was, um, you know, believe it or not, everyone thought, oh, those Marcos are just glomming on. They want the fame and the notoriety. No, it was very uncomfortable. Like I said, I was living privately uh, in Silver Springs and the media found us and Immediately, we didn't know at that time that there was an entrenched media agenda and that stories were being written, written to discredit us to create a separation, I believe, because my sister wanted to keep everyone away from the wedding. So that being said, we were in a whirlwind going, what? Where are all these articles coming from? They're saying my dad's a deadbeat dad and I'm a jealous hag and we have no relationship. And she was never grew up in our household like there was a clear separation right away to discredit everyone. So our lives changed because we became unjustly stigmatized right out of the gate. When in the very beginning, we just wanted to support her. I think my first interview, you know, we were trying to be positive to, to make her feel supported, but we didn't know that she had another agenda, that there was this thing going on of, Oh my God, I've told all these porcupines. I have to discredit everyone and keep them away. So we didn't know that. And I found out from an attorney in London at Bar Dogs that there was an entrenched media agenda against me. I was never on a fixated persons list. That article went around the world. And I couldn't, for the life of me, I had just cleared a, a pretty heavy duty background check. I'm a mental health counselor. So I thought, wow, people are making me out to look like Patricia Hurst. And I'm not trolling my sister. I don't tweet at her. I don't know her whereabouts. I'm not a fixated stalker. Other than journalists asking me questions, I don't really get involved in what she does or where she goes. Everybody else, trolls and people on social media know more about her daily goings on than I do. So I found out from an attorney in London that I was never on a fixated persons list. How would that make you feel if someone did that to you? That there was no Scotland Yard Met Police gave this attorney a letter. I was not in their computer. There was no such list. I was never on it, never would be. Uh, well, it's very interesting you talk, um, Samantha, about um, Patty Hearst, because I've met Patty Hearst. I've spent time with her in California, in San Francisco, you know, you know, the Stockholm Syndrome and all of that. Um, yeah. Do you think that um, Prince Harry perhaps has been a bit Stockholm Syndromed by your sister? Well, as a degreed counselor, I, I know I can tell you, I mean, I, how, but how would you feel as a man to know that you had given up your family, burned all your bridges, you were manipulated into leaving your own country, you were kind of trapped in between a rock and a hard place, you know, if you are a dissenter that life would be hell in California, because you have nowhere to go, but you can't go back to your family. 
So at times you have to make the best of the situation and maybe even feel that you love your quote captor. You know, it's that's part of what happens in Stockholm syndrome is that they start to believe the captors suggesting that, oh, they didn't love you. Your life was terrible there. It's better here with me. Kind I, of. I think that you and, um, you know, the, this you, you sum it up very well. You know, having met Patty Hurst, spent time with her and her bodyguards and who became her husband, you know, I think there's a similarity going on. there. Would you agree about that? Yeah, and Candace Owens pointed it out too. I mean, the whole world feels that there was manipulation there on the grounds that Harry himself even said once, I didn't know how unhappy I was until she told me. Well, there's coaching right there. Bingo. Jen. I totally agree with you. Yes. Yeah. Now, the next question on the documentary and uh, series and other interviews I've seen, Megan almost darkens your side of the family and paints her mother Doria in an angelic light. What is the actual truth behind that? The actual truth is it's just the opposite. If you look at her own TIG blog that she had, and the praise was all about my dad. If you Google the UN speech, the world needs more men like my dad in the world. My dad this, he taught me to draw my own box. Everything was, oh, my dad is amazing. Dad, 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 who paid for all of her education from the first day in kindergarten to the last day at Northwestern University, uh, built every dance, every stage she danced on, was at every recital, dropped her off, picked her up from school, raised her, bought her clothes, paid for her apartments, paid for her fun money, paid for everything she wanted. Everything was dad, the consummate father. And so I feel after this attempt at keeping both sides of the family away, not just the Markles, because the truths would come out about holidays family events and the stories um, that, you know, there was this push to throw dirt on dad and exclude him and play the matriarchy card to falsely impress her Royal Majesty, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, and to, um, you know, have she couldn't have no one. There had to be someone at the wedding. So it's glom on to mom. But she wasn't talking about mom in the TIG or in her UN speech or all of her life. Why only at the wedding is it suddenly my mom is a beacon in my window, in my life, in my dark sky? No, no, no. It's because you need someone to grab onto as a trophy to make it look, you know, you have some family and to help hide the porky pies. And she said that her mom was the only one who gave a dignified response. Well, you know, her mother, it's also been publicly noted that her mother gets millions of dollars a year as an allowance. Of course, that's a conflict of interest. And I, I would submit that, you know, like other things that are behind a paywall, including the Chris Boozies and everyone else and other PR, that I, in my opinion, her mother's an extension of PR or a PR pawn uh, because she's never publicly bragged about her mother or or given her accolades about anything and if she was so wonderful evidence of those accolades and that um appreciation would be there i watched a heart-rending interview with megan's dad on piers morgan i think it was and it just got me wondering why did her relationship with him break down in the first place i'm sorry repeat that i you broke 
I watched a heart-rending interview on Piers Morgan with uh, Megan's dad, and it got me wondering why did their relationship break down in the first place? Well, our dad has always been the consummate dad for her. The relationship didn't break down when he said that he felt she changed when she got to the Soho house. It didn't break down because if you remember, you know, he was the first one uh, she called to say, Daddy, I met a prince. Mm -hmm. It was very much in touch with him. It didn't break down. But from my father's perspective, he felt a change in her personality when she was in Canada and started getting involved in the Soho club. And maybe that's because there were things she was doing that she didn't want daddy to know about. You know, there's been a lot coming out about that. That's questionable. And young women don't tell their fathers everything. So clearly if she was enjoying fame in a social life, she's not going to tell him, confide in him as much, especially where dating life and other things come into play. But in his mind, the Soho house changed her because you know, she was loving him, accolades all the way up through being married when she was married to Trevor and all the way up through her graduation at Northwestern. It was always daddy, daddy, daddy. But suddenly after the Soho house and then certainly when she met Harry, even though he was the first person she called to say, daddy, I met a prince. Probably the revelation was, oh, my God, I told the royals all these porcupines. And if my dad comes to the wedding, I'm done for. So suddenly it became, oh, he's not worthy. Oh, he staged paparazzi photos. Oh, there's the rift. Oh, we didn't really get along. And then, oddly, her PR started floating around this stupid video of her riding around in her car in Hollywood saying, look, my dad lives up there, but we're not exactly getting along now, as if it's some false evidence of that they didn't get along even when she was a teenager. Tosh, what she didn't tell people when she was um, being so, quote, snotty in that video was that she had demanded that my father quit a production that he was working on on her behalf. Damn Yankees, I believe it was, because she was in a tiff with a woman named Gigi Perot. And because my dad wouldn't walk off the production, she iced him. If you're not going to comply, then you may as well die. I'm not having anything to do with my dad who lives up there right now. But I'm not going to tell the world that it's because I have a snotty attitude and I demanded that he quit the production. And because he didn't comply, I'm disowning him. I'm going to make it look like we're not getting along because of some character flaw. And my dad, no, that's not who has the character flaw. So, you know, there's another side to that story. <laughs> and have you found that very painful? Um, I found it really painful for my father because, you know, blood, sweat and tears and pouring your heart and soul into a child who turns on you seemingly only out of greed and out of covering lies and deceit uh, is, is you, there are not enough words for that. And it's so undeserving and he could not have foreseen that. But then, you know, a parent can't foresee that a child is going to become uh, a noted by many uh, health professionals around the world as a malignant narcissist. And they're, there's DSM criteria for that, that she seems to meet. And uh, I don't think he would have expected that and didn't know what he was dealing with. You can't foresee that you totally love a child and give them everything. And then they're going to flip like night and day and suddenly disown you be because of some really selfish need to hide something or manipulate something or get some uh, financial or political gain. And that suddenly the parent becomes non-existent. Uh, that's just, yeah, that's, that's heartbreaking. It's like, be, it's like, yeah, it's like pulling your heart out of your chest.
But do you not believe it's the um, media? Uh, and the I, can, I, can I interject and ask a question? <laughs> yeah, of course. Am I allowed to ask questions? Jen is hijacking the interview again, like she did with Robbie Williams. <laughs> I pointed out three <laughs> I, 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 I did come here to try and ask some questions, <laughs> but I would like to ask a question about Ngozi Falani, uh, i.e. Mrs. Marlene. Yes. Yes. What did you think of Marlene? Um, I had heard that through the grapevine that based her her organization was related and had dealings with my sister and the Sussex squad. And that being said, for the life of me, I looked at the whole thing as it unfolded, you know, and I had I I had said if somebody is standing in front of my house wearing a Dutch outfit with wooden shoes, I am naturally going to ask, where are you from? Because what they are wearing is culturally symbolic. It is not indigenous to an area, just like symbolic cultural clothing from Africa or some other, you know, Zimbabwe is not customary in Great Britain. And because it's a costume, you might say, where are you from? Or you could say, why are you wearing that costume? But I think most people would say, where are you from? Could I ask you... What you think about Lady Susan Hussey, uh, Lady Hussey? I think that she should have been exonerated because naturally her job, I heard, was to ask people where they're from. And I feel I, I respectfully would have asked somebody that question out of curiosity and maybe wanted to sh wanting to share and celebrate their culture. Like, where are you from? Oh, you're from Holland. I love Holland. Well, I love your shoes, and I've always wanted wooden Dutch shoes. It's a way of starting conversation. It's a way of um, making a new um, friend. Have you seen uh, Samantha the video of um, Lady uh, of um, uh, Ngozi Falani Marlene, whatever she's called, um, when she parades around in different clothes? And, yes, I, you know, I, I saw is that. Is she really a genuine person in that regard? When we wake up in the morning, we get out of bed and we start our day with Coro Snacks. Coro is a healthy snacks brand focusing on bringing additive-free natural ingredients to the customers with fair prices in bulk packaging. They have everything from nut butters to free from baking ingredients to cooking essentials and of course the snacks. And the energy balls are delicious. Oh, they're my favorite, the salted pistachio. Ooh. Let's see what this one tastes like. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Their bulk packaging allow them to offer their customers high quality products at a fair price. For a 5% discount on Coro's products, use the code TRUECRIME with no space in between true and crime. The link to Coro's online shop is in the description box on YouTube. Thanks for supporting our sponsor. No, I saw that footage and I thought that little scam artist, she's here saying don't always wear these clothes, which suggests staging and baiting. And I believe she set the whole situation up to create a race war, to create to, to throw mud on the royal family, who, as we all know very well, have been nothing but lovely and multicultural and do, do you think that Lady Susan Hussey was actually a kind-hearted 
elderly lady who didn't mean to upset anybody, as everybody I've ever spoken to has always said. This lady is someone who never intended to cause any offence, and yet Prince Harry has chosen, at the time of launching his profit-peddling book, um, chosen to attack her. Yeah, I think I think that was definitely false. I think, um, in my opinion, Harry um, has an attribution error problem problem and is seemingly lashing it out at everybody to start fires in other places to take the heat off of himself for the rifts that he's caused, the attacks that he's launched, and his own refusal to be accountable or competent as a man. Um, you know, it, it's uh, she was lovely. She was absolutely respectful. And as I, I what I know as a, a degree counselor from multicultural counseling, you never assume things about people. It is respectful to ask questions and to find out what the person will tolerate or won't or what their feelings are. It is respectful to ask about a costume or wardrobe that is not customary rather than to draw assumptions. It is stereotyping by drawing assumptions. So conversely, it is respectful to ask and that she was publicly flogged for asking, I think is a damn disgrace. And whoever did that whole thing was race baiting to throw dirt on the Royal family and to throw dirt on Lady Hussey, Hussey who I heard had also at one point been asked by the queen to interact with my sister. And when Lady Hussey allegedly reported back that my sister was difficult, this seems to be a little bit of revenge. Can you not say that Lady Susan Hussey was a decent lady who had worked for the royal family for many, 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 many years? Um, I spoke to a lady this evening in the local bar in the local town where I live, and she said, I think that Lady Susan was treated appallingly. Yes. Lady Susan did nothing wrong. Lady Hussey, uh, uh, correct. No, from... from She's been treated appallingly. Yeah, from across the pond. I watched that as a multicultural counselor and as a woman. I would have done the same thing out of respect and sincere interest in the person to whom I'm speaking and asking where you're from. It, to me, it feels the respectful right thing to do um, out of interest and respect to a person. And I applauded Lady Hussey for the way she handled it. But there was clearly an agenda, as evidenced by uh, Ms. Fulani saying, and that's a fake name too, by the way, Marlene Headley, saying that she doesn't always wear those clothes. I believe she went there. With the Sorry, may I interject here? Her name is Marlene. Marlene Headley, yes. Yes, her name is Marlene. You know, like like the um, the Only Fools and Horses episode. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's Jen's turn to ask a question. Oh, Matthew was doing so well. <laughs> no, seeing as you've seen firsthand how manipulative and twisted the media can be, do you believe the media are not being a little cruel to Meghan and Harry? I don't think they're being cruel to Meghan and Harry now because, you know, the world has to remember, too, for the longest time through Sunshine Sachs and Sarah Latham, Harry and Meghan were paying to largely control a lot of the media. And that's what a lot of people don't know. Pricey PR firms have a control, a monopoly on nine or ten magazine publications and news outlets, as well as television shows. 
And so only when they had engaged in so much, um, quote, foul play, I will say, in my opinion, and the world observes so many lies, so much deceit attacking the royal family, there weren't enough uh, uh, PR for the PR firm couldn't keep on top of it and started to back off. And then many of them realizing what these two have been doing on continuum and unrelenting attacks on the royal family and the lies. Yeah, then the media said, you know what? Screw this. We're not engaging in this PR to cover your little butts anymore because you are just devious and you're lying. And we're going to start telling the truth. I think everybody had had enough. Uh, I don't think they're being harsh to point out that the emperor is not wearing any clothing. Enough is enough. We're not puffing your image anymore. We're not lying. We're not. You can't pay us enough to do that at this point because we see you for what you really are. And telling the truth does not make you racist. It does not make you a troll. It doesn't make you a hater. It means you're saying, you know what? You guys are the problem. You are doing this to everyone. You need to be accountable. You need to apologize. And you're not going to get away with this and have it be cool and eclectic in the media. It's just a lie. And the lies have to stop. Samantha, earlier you mentioned that Megan was showing the traits of a malignant narcissist. Could you explain what a malignant narcissist is to the layperson and what, what those traits would be? Uh, uh, a, a, a malignant narcissist, I mean, I think you can look it up. I think it takes a qualified um, mental health expert to make this assessment. But seemingly, you know, they're not connected with reality. Everything for them is a lie. They gaslight belittle and manipulate people who don't accept their lies and they spin it in such a way that everybody else is the bad guy for pointing out their lies um and their whole thing is about manipulation and control and i mean i think it's really deeply rooted in insecurity there have been people who said that you know her ego is out of this world i think it's more in my opinion, with her, it seems to stem from a lot of insecurity and it's a compensation. It's a it's a coping strategy. But the problem, I, there is an organic basis for it. Um, and most malignant narcissists get worse with time. They believe their own lies. It, you know, can become a form of serious dementia. And therefore, I'm just going to take a step back and say, Based on all of the disconnectedness from reality, the manipulation, the lies, um, I would suggest that she be assessed by a mental health expert um, because, you know, Harry um, seems to be mirroring a lot of that. There are clear substance abuse issues in the relationship, and they have two small children who cannot communicate for themselves and navigate and defend themselves in this world, and they're picking up cues about their own identity and how to interact with others with their parents as primary agents of socialization sending all the wrong messages and engaging in what i believe are behaviors that are deleterious to themselves and the children in my opinion so it, it's malignant narcissism is very serious uh dr carol malone you know and others have come forward they are qualified health professionals they've basically spit it out and and labeled her as a malignant narcissist and i don't think they're off beat uh i think you know for anyone to say oh they're just harassing megan oh they're just they're just in denial because they're racist no these are 
behaviors that are consistent with the DSM criteria uh, and she's displaying them. So it's not, uh, yeah, I don't think it's just subject to interpretation. I think it's very serious. The um, behaviors have gotten worse on continuum, you know, to sit there. And uh, one of the first things that shocked me, yes, the lies about our family, but when she sat there and lied about the Archbishop of Canterbury, and then Harry sat there and smiled and went along with it and didn't have the, quote, bollocks to say, uh, no, that didn't happen. I thought, wow, there's a codependency here. He's mirroring her. He's afraid to speak out, but he's becoming a lot like her. And that happens, too, in those relationships. So uh, I think it's going to it's taken a lot of time to develop these behaviors and it's going to take a lot of time to unravel them and to treat them. And, and, you know, I don't know what the solution is for the Royal family, but I think it all has to be considered. Well, you said the root of that is insecurity and and Megan comes across as such a confident woman. Where does that insecurity come from then? Um, Who's to say? I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling as though, you know, she was well-liked in school. She was pretty. She started to do very well in her professional life. So I don't know. Maybe she wanted to be, you know, as teenagers and young women, we want to be more of something. We want to be more blonde. We want to be skinnier. We want to be, um, and for some people, and it's not just women, you know, men, have insecurities too, but it seems to be exaggerated in her case and overly compensated for by um, wanting to feel falsely empowered. Uh, and you know, to that, I can I can say that I feel she sent a lot of the wrong messages out to young women around the world. Empowered women don't um, need men to advance themselves. Empowered women don't pretend to be something they're not empowered women don't lie about you know their education and not getting grants and scholarships when dad paid it they're comfortable paying accolades to others empowered women don't lie and say they work for the embassy when they didn't so if you're truly empowered you're confident in being honest about who you are and being present in the moment so the insecurity is demonstrated by the lies wanting to be something that you're not. And that's an admission of a sense of personal inadequacy. I don't feel good enough. So I'm going to tell everybody I'm this instead of who I really am. Yeah, that makes although sense. Is, uh, sorry. And although there is a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of lies and stories have been told involving uh, the media and tabloids. Do you feel there is ever a chance of reconciliation? With who? Megan. Between Megan and who? Yourself. Um, no, I don't because I, you know, if someone, um, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want a friendship with someone who lies on continuum in such a vicious manner and moreover who behind closed doors would pay to destroy me or damage me. That was totally uncalled for. Um, I would never trust a relationship or friendship like that and you know I think I think you can compare apples to oranges look at you know the, what's been said about me in PR and even her uh, dodgy attempts in finding freedom but I didn't badmouth her in my book 
you know, I wouldn't do that. I was talking about serious accounts. I supplemented her in parts and I was talking about real situations, but I didn't use a book as an opportunity to defame or to hurt or to do damage where as that's not the case with her. So no, I would never want a friendship with her or a relationship. I think Matthew's trying to come in here. Yeah. Matthew? Um, it would be nice if I were allowed to speak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jen hijacked your, your spot there again. <laughs> I, you, I, I don't know if Matthew's aware. I don't see any I did introduce this um, person to your your audience, so it would be nice if I could actually be not unmuted all the time. Come on, Matthew, um, get your question out. I would like to ask about uh, the blog, the the TIG. Okay. What what do you think of Samantha of the TIG? Is your sister, um, is she into booze you, as much as Prince Harry is into um, um, drugs? Well, the, the TIG... <laughs> But she, you know, she, she had, I think, a lovely focus on travel and lifestyle, food and, and you know, all things enjoying the high life. Um, but what, again, was glaring for me um, was her praise of our father. And when she talks about racism and skin color and she talks about becoming a woman and empowerment, she the the one thing she has said that was true was that our father taught her to draw her own box. And it wasn't that he was embarrassed about her skin colors, that she he wanted her to be empowered. You don't let people define you. If you want to put white in the box, put white. If you want to put black, put black. If you want to draw your own box and say biracial, you do that because it's up to you to define who you are, not someone else. And so that being said, you know, why isn't she reflecting on that now and giving him action? She used to take... Um being Tignello, um, right. being an right. expensive wine as just um, a right. thing, or, or is your sister just pretentious or is she just stupid? Um, I don't think that's pretentious. I think, you know, our, when we're young adults and we have the opportunity to travel, we come across wines and foods that we love. And, you know, she was interacting with chefs and people who had exquisite taste and i think that's lovely and you don't have to be rich to appreciate or experience those things and if she wanted to promote them socially then good on her i mean oprah did kind of the same thing with her magazine oh martha stewart did it and it also gives people who maybe don't have money well, people can't buy tianello at tesco so is that a relevant thing well, that's like when Oprah did her favorite things. You can't, you might not be able to afford that, but you can find substitutes or learn about something and find, uh, you know, in, inexpensive places to buy them. But if you're interested in wines, then you can add one more to your list to try sometime or to, you know, to, to find wines that are similar um, in, you know, or in, in their, um, description are they more fruital flory flor fruity or floral a, a big finish a smooth finish you 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 ex you extend expand your palate by reading about other wines and so i don't fault her for doing that um you know it, it was offering a glimpse at a lifestyle that maybe many couldn't access 
and maybe because of the TIG, they Please, could. Um, you unmuted me, but um, I it's called the TIG, the blog. Yes. So, so she had a blog called the TIG, and she went on about wine. Um, was she a bit snotty when you knew her, when you were before you didn't know her anymore, or was no. she actually a nice person? No, even um, as I had mentioned, the last time I spoke to, to her was um, 2015. It was Christmas, and we had spoken when she was in Canada. We had spoken. Um, it was nice to catch up, but we had spoken, of course, when she was married to Trevor. We had we had spoken as adult women and shared bits of our lives and experiences and things that we liked. I didn't think she was snobby. I thought she's a young woman. She's social referencing. She's going out into the world and solidifying her identity and things that she likes. And she'll, you know, it's like, you know, ducklings learning to fly. That's just what you do. And I wouldn't fault any young adult for doing that it's, and, and liking nice things in life. I'm not wealthy, but I like many of those things. It's not snobby to like things that are um wonderful that are you know uh, pleasing to the senses that are beautiful when you see them in stores or 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 tasty to the palate so the tig was also um it had beautiful recipes in it and it allowed people to explore a little bit of the world and she had interviews in there with celebrities uh it wasn't just about wine even though um wine and drinks were mentioned they were an accompaniment a comp to a meal and so i yeah i i don't think there's anything wrong with the chig i rather liked it all right oh, Matthew, Math matthew's had five questions in a row it's jen's turn yeah so you just mentioned she was speaking with megan when she was in a, a last relationship with trevor is and obviously that's correct um i mean how was their relationship was it as chaotic as her current i'm sorry as chaotic as her current uh, relationship with Harry always in the, the media. Um, I wouldn't say it was as chaotic and it, it's a distinctly different relationship, even though, you know, I think we all kind of felt like Trevor was Hollywood royalty, such a gentleman, such a nice man, so refined. And he loved her above and beyond in sickness and in health and showed her the world. I'm just the, the ultimate gentleman and Prince Charming in his own right. Um, when it became allegedly chaotic, you know, uh, sources had said, and we noticed as a family, um, that her travel and her being on suits and her schedule and him being in Los Angeles caused some strain on the relationship allegedly. And that is normative under the circumstances. So whether whoever it was that felt the need to wander from the relationship first and what their decision was to divorce we only know from what she has said and we've heard about her mailing the rings back everybody heard that um but naturally a long distance relationship in many cases cannot survive and can we really fault either one of them more than the other i can't say that we can uh and it's sad that it happened but i don't um i don't think it, it, it's chaotic and it, if it was chaotic it was chaotic in very different ways uh that this relationship is Samantha, early on you said that it was irreconcilable between you and Megan. And when I watched the Piers Morgan thing, you know, your dad was uh, giving her 
kind of like an olive branch, really. Do, do you think it's irreconcilable with your dad and Megan? I don't know. I mean, and, you know, I have to say there have even been times recently where it's so sad where I look at her face and I don't want her to feel hurt. And I can't believe she's the same person that's done all of these horrible things. It's hard to separate from that and not to feel wishy-washy and to waver because, you know, you you look at someone that you loved and you always see that face and that person. Uh, so there's a little part of all of us that, you know, thinks that magically, uh, perhaps that, you know, she would be willing to accept an olive branch. We've extended it a bazillion times. Uh, we've, you know, we've in interviews, we've spoken out, we, um, it, we've tried, but she was not receptive and continually, it's not just about accepting an olive branch. It's about purposely attacking in response on continuum with paid PR and the cold disregard. So, you know, if it was only about not accepting an olive branch, that would be simple because you don't want to control somebody. Fine. If you don't want to be a part of the family, fine, but don't be out there attacking us with your multi-million dollar PR writing these horrid stories and the cold disregard when she sees her father in an interview and he's saying that he loves her and just wants communication. And he's ignored and ignored and ignored as stories are being written to defame everybody that is from behind a paywall. So that's, you know, that's like if it was, yeah, I'll, I'll reach out. Don't don't stab me while I'm extending the olive branch. But as you're constantly being stabbed with the olive branch in your hand, you know, it's uh, it, there's a glaring difference in the M.O. and the behaviors uh, of everyone involved. So. I, I don't think um, I can't speak for my father, but after two heart attacks and a stroke mm. and the continued cold disregard and stripping of his integrity and the lie upon lie upon lie regarding that just to cover um, what seems to be deceit and lies, I think is is disgusting. It's not only character assassination, but it's flatlining your father, who's an amazing man and gave you everything because you're greedy, because you're deceitful, and you're corrupt. Uh, you want to hurt other people to keep not, you know, fine, skip off into the sunset, but don't be attacking people while you're doing it. Yeah, it's really sad. Let's see if Matthew's got something. Matthew, you coming in? Matthew. Hello, yes, I'm still here. Yes, well, um, what do you think that... Um, um, Megan will do next. Will Megan become a politician? <laughs> <laughs> the prime, um, not prime minister, <laughs> president, president, president of America, of the United States. <laughs> I, I would equate that with in 1984, Bozo's Bozo of Bozo Circus ran for president. I remember being in Westwood, California, when he was going through in his in his motor vehicle, waving at the crowd. I think it would be as funny as if Bozo ran. <sighs> So do you believe it's the media or her relationship with Harry that's caused us to do these horrible things, or is it just greed? I don't believe it's the media on the grounds that uh, both of them were controlling the media for a long time. And the media was fluffing them and writing dirt stories about everyone else that, you know, was interviewed and spoke out about her or said anything as a, as a basis for discrediting everybody. 
They were in control of the media. So to whine and say, oh, we're victims of the media. No, you're the purveyors of fake news. You paid to destroy other people. If you feel like you're the only victims now, it's because they're not covering your ascot. Uh, so um, I, the victim thing doesn't work. You know, that's like that's like the juvenile delinquent who sets the high school on fire and then blames the principal and demands an apology from the principal. <laughs> oh, I'm a victim because I was at your high school. No, you caught the high school on fire. You're not the victim. I think Matthew's coming in. <laughs> we like your description. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 I like your description and, um, you know, in the future, you know, here we are. You and I, we, 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 we've always been in touch, haven't we? Yes, thank um, you so much, Matthew. It's an honor you are. And uh, it's nice to be in touch with um, these other people who, who are doing these shows. But you and I, uh, we've we become good friends, haven't we? Uh, it's been an honor and delightfully so. I, I thank you, yes. How did how did how did, how did you guys how did you how did you guys come to meet? To get to know each other. Twitter. Twitter. Well, yes, yeah, on Twitter. The, the power of Twitter. Yes, we started speaking. I mean, he's I I love his articles, his candor. He's very comprehensive and um and, and times is a good thing. Yes, it is. It is absolutely. I I think steeple times is wonderful and should be expanded. <laughs> we we would love to have more support. So please spread the message of support for the steeple times. Absolutely. We, we, we love. I heard a rumor from a driver uh, on the route to, to the studio. Are you and your brother starting a podcast? Oh, dear. I knew somebody was going to get me. Not a podcast. <laughs> he, wants, he wants to do a documentary, but respectfully, I felt like I was a little bit um, sabotaged as I was doing an interview with GB News, and he jumped in and threw that out there, and I hadn't heard of it. So I felt like it was an awkward time to mention it. Um, I think the idea is good, but there is not yet a contract or a solid package on the table for it so that announcement in my opinion was a little bit premature yet i applaud his idea for wanting to do that and we'll see what happens with it i just um uh it, you know it's it's not a done deal yet i'll put it You're that very way. charismatic i think you'd be brilliant well i think um you know i i think it would be interesting um for many to see uh extensively from our side and what our lives are like um, as a result of all this and what really has been going on. So, you know, moving forward, um, we may get it done, uh, but I'm, I'm not, I haven't, I can't commit to the people that he's working with. So apparently he has a couple of producers interested, but I haven't seen anything on paper yet. Do you have other goals going forward, Samantha? What, what's your mission? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm not... Um, hmm. 
Well, that's that's I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, uh, we all have a lot of missions. In what area of my life are you referring? Just in general, you know, like our mission on our channel is to just get people on to tell their stories and we give kids life lessons and we help people, you know, build their platforms and stuff like that. Uh, do, do you have any kind of mission? Um, I do. I mean, I think one of the things I uh, I think we've seen come out of this year in terms of misinformation and in terms of the power of digital media, whether it's political or whether it's social or for entertainment, I think clearly there there has to be a fine line between entertainment and sensationalism and truth or news. And I think although I'm not knocking um, tabloid entertainment or news that's not entirely factual because hope you're enjoying this podcast there's a word from our sponsor rocket money the other day i had to cancel free amazon prime memberships i had a personal on the uk amazon us amazon company account us amazon uk amazon do you understand how hard it is to cancel these bloody things that's why rocket money makes these things so much easier formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. Just like with me, with my four Amazon Prime memberships, you may find out you've been at least double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you've got to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting our sponsor, Rocket Money. Links in the description box. Cheers. You know, inquiring minds, readers, viewers also have a moral obligation to do their due diligence and um, learn about what they're reading, learn about samples, learn learn about... Um, you know, where the facts come from and look at evidence and compare and contrast. One of the things I hope that that changes and I'd like to be a part of is is getting back to some ethical standards. If something's not true, it should be labeled labeled in small print at the bottom. This is for entertainment purposes only or um, and certainly with regards to ethical standards, there has to be a fine line between sensationalistic reporting for entertainment and defamation. You know, if, if you're saying someone's a rapist, you better be able to prove it. If you're saying someone is a horrible, this or that, you better be able to prove it. And I think a lot of um, the media know that most people can't sue everybody, but aside from the litigational aspect of it, we have to get back to real news, factual news and a separation between entertainment and news and they've become so heavily merged because of digital technology yeah and if you've got enough followers if you've got millions of followers whatever you say becomes the truth well exactly i think you know and i learned this the hard way with the fake fixated persons list there's something known as aggregate news and when somebody writes a story publications around the world they're too busy to each do their own due diligence. So it's like the old days of rip and read news. And I used to work in news. I'd go in and write my stories. I'd pull it off the AP. I'd chop it around, mix it up and get on the air and report it. But now with digital technology, 
you get a story out there and everybody regurgitates it. They might put one little word on it as a spin. They might put stuff in quotes that's not really in quotes. And everybody believes the bold font headlines without looking for evidence and checking other sources. People are too busy in their fleeting lives to stop and look at that. So if they read something, oh my God, this person's a rapist. And then suddenly that person is labeled 10 people tell 10 people. Let's write the same. Thing. You are a great person of uh, uh, someone who corrects facts. Agreed. Well, I mean, I, I try. I'm not perfect. I'm like you or every other. Writer. I find myself having to go back and forth and other sources. Same thing because I too have been guilty of reading something and going, oh my God, without really having all of the facts. And bold font has. And digital media, print or in cyberspace, are very powerful. They really are. They can do a lot of damage if they're inaccurate at all, or if they um, omit, you know, facts, um, or if they include obsolete facts. I would like to say you are a brilliant person, and you are, you are someone who tells the truth, and truth is a very important thing in this story. And it is time that um, we all heard the truth. Well, there's, you know, at the end of the day, when we look in the mirror, I think it's important that we know and honest with ourselves and with others. And certainly if you believe in God, you know, I believe we're always being watched. But I'll put it like this. You know, people have said, oh, Samantha's lying. Samantha's just mad at her sister. No, I told everyone from the beginning, I will tell you the truth even if it makes me unpopular, even if you hate me. And the world hated me. Everybody hated me. Oh, Samantha, she's horrible. And then it was really refreshing to see Tom Bauer on, you know, with Dan Moon and say, you know what? <laughs> we all laughed at Samantha and she was right. She was telling the truth. I mean, it, it, so what if everybody was telling Did you the enjoy truth? Tom Bauer's book? I, you know what? I adore Tom Bauer and I have to apologize. I haven't had time to read it in entire yet. So I'm working on it. So I can't, um, I, I adore him. Although I feel chronologically he jumped around a little bit. Um, I, I think it has value and appreciating it and uh, we'll read it and, um, you know, speak to him. And I mean, I'm really grateful. He, he took a lot of time doing all of that research um, much of what he has said publicly and in the book so far that I've seen is true. Although I never, I never listened. To, this is the one thing. <laughs> Tom Bauer, don't hate me for this. I'm not picky, I should say. I've never listened to goth music in my life. I used to listen to the Go-Go's and I had a Diana haircut. So wherever he got, someone told Samantha, Samantha was goth in high school. No, I wasn't. Goth, I think, came around later and the Go-Go's are not considered goth. <laughs> um, may, may, may I ask you what did you think of um, uh, of the the book by um, other people the other the other people's books well I, I will say of everyone many of whom I adore um, including Lady Colin Campbell I think Lady Colin Campbell in particular I don't yeah. know her I've well, never I, met him. I've never met him myself. So. No, I love her, but it's clear that these books were written before people had all the facts on the table. They didn't even know that when I was in high school, I was disability mm -hmm. after I was out of a rope swing. 
So, you know, someone said that um, I was too partying to be integral in the family. Well, I was only 17. I wasn't partying yet. And I was dealing with disability, but the world didn't know that. So they got fragments of statements and information from people like my brother, who was kind of bitter at the time and still, um, you know, wanting Harry to invite him to his his uh, bachelor party and still sucking up a little bit. And these fragments of information that went to Andrew Morton and to other people got put into books. But now the world sees the realities that were hidden at the time by PR and by not interviewing enough and having full facts on the table. And that's okay. That's understandable. But um, there was, you know, still in the early days when many of these books were, uh, there was still this social opiate. Everybody was, well, not everybody, but many were still high on my sister because the porcupines had not come out yet. People like Piers Morgan were calling me a vulture. And, you know, and not yet. Not yet. Uh, what do you think of Piers Morgan? Um, I adore Piers Morgan too. Unfortunately, he had to find a hard way and go some bumps and grinds along the way. And, and it didn't take him long to be saying the same things that I was saying and seeing that they were the truth. You know, people, people don't know until they have personal experience with certain things. And so that being said, I think clearly now his attitude has changed from when he was saying, Samantha, you little vulture. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I don't think he feels that way now. And um, it's okay. It's just, it's part of growing. So. Samantha, how, I've got to ask how the sales are going on the book. Um, well, my book, I ended up having a bad situation. Someone hijacked my book and was selling it illegally on Amazon. So I'm having to play tag and find out who did that with that ISBN number. Um, I didn't go with, I went through a hybrid publisher, not a proper publisher. So I'm going to repackage it and include book number two with book number one for a larger book rewritten um, so that it's um, literarily sound and comprehensive. Uh, but yeah, that uh, I, it, it did seemingly well for a couple of weeks, but someone was pirating my book and uploading it for free on the internet and then also printing copies and selling it all over the internet. So it's important this time that I go through a proper publisher who has a large legal powerhouse to go after people who engage in piracy and um, plagiarism. Does that mean your book your books aren't available now then? Um, no, they're being sold as used. If you find new copies anywhere that and you can put a hundred in your cart, that's fraud. I would say report it uh, because nobody, there were not, um, suppliers and Amazon didn't order thousands of books and leave them sitting in a warehouse. So people were printing them out the back door, I believe. Um, but there are new, uh, or there are used uh, copies out there that after people read the book that they're selling on eBay or, you know, through smaller booksellers, that's perfectly fine. But do I, don't, I don't have a current version of my book for sale anywhere. Do you have social media presence that our viewers can follow you on? I am on Twitter and I am on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I think, I, well, uh, you know Would who it I am. Would it be possible that I could ask a question? Your turn, Matthew. Get in there. Yes, it's time <laughs> that I need to ask a question. Um, what, what is um, Mrs. Markle's uh, um, sister think of, of the TIG? 
the blog? What do I think of big blog? The blog yeah, the blog. Do you, you know? What was that a? Why did she create a blog to begin? It's very odd that she creates something like that. You know, that uh, a, a thing about wine and wine well, about wine and. Again, that's a very odd thing. No, I think it's lovely that she did that. I enjoyed it, and she was traveling and seeing yeah. minor things in life. And I think it was cool that she did that with women everywhere. I mean, um, many of the items in there are not affordable, but Oprah did the same thing with her favorite things, and she would give members of her audience really pricey gift baskets of things that most women couldn't afford. But it was a way of um, showing and sharing a lifestyle. And it could, of course, increase sales for those advertisers. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, no, I thought the TIG was quite nice. I thought it was beautifully done. So, so Samantha, oh. Samantha, you've been really generous with your time. Is there anything you'd Can I like? Can ask one last question? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I've got to ask, in your opinion, do you think Harry and William will ever make up and be buddies again after Harry allegedly... Assault um, William, sorry, allegedly assaulted Harry. <laughs> wow. Um, well, there's so much it, from this side of the pond. It's my observation that you know, especially with regards to the passing of Her Royal Majesty Queen Elizabeth and all of the attacks on the royal family and the mudslinging and calling them racist and all of the lies and the hurt. In my opinion, it would be difficult. That's certainly up to them, and I would hope that um, Harry would be willing to undergo extensive counseling and treatment as a show of, you know, sincerity and honor and for his own well-being as as well as for his family um, as part of that healing process. You know, you can't just do so much damage and then take it all back without going into counseling and treatment and being actively involved in changing yourself and being accountable and being sincere uh, as part of Matthew, do you have anything to say before we wrap this up? And huge thank you for arranging this. Thank you. I do have a question. Um, I would like to ask a question about um, whether um, anybody has a view on Prince Harry potentially having committed crimes in the past in um, Jamaica. They are very important matters, and those crimes involve him potentially having abused somebody else. So there we are. I'll leave it at that. Well, I've never, heard, you... I've never heard of this. Have, have you got any thoughts on that, Samantha? Um, I had heard of it, and... Um, you know, without any evidence, again, like I was saying about, you know, the sensationalism of reading the Boltmont headline and villainizing someone without any evidence. I can't speak to that. If he did, I hope that there is closure for the victim and that he gets treatment and that he's accountable. But that's a big fat if we don't have any evidence for any of that. So I don't I also, you know, to speak of his character, I'm not fond of him at all. And he's done a lot of damage that we've witnessed, but that's something totally unwitnessed. And I don't think it's fair to throw that into the mix unless some evidence comes forward. I agree. And, and Samantha, is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion to the people watching this? Um, 
Well, thank you all for having me. I think it's been a journey for everybody and hopefully 2023 will bring some closure and some effort and some accountability and some, you know, something better for all concerned, um, especially the British royal family and the British people. I know the British people too have been shocked and hurt by this. So, you know, let's hope that this year brings something better. Well, huge thank you, huge thank you, Samantha, for being so generous with your time, and huge thank you to Jen and Matthew. And the links for Samantha and for Jen and Matthew will all be in the description box below this video. Please go and support the Steeples Times. Matthew has been with us for years now. He's a great friend of the channel, and he researches the hell out of stuff, and he writes fantastic articles for the Steeples Times. You can also find him on Twitter as well. So take care out there, wherever you are watching this in the world. And please let us know in the comments below the video what you have thought of this. And if you've got any questions for any of us, put them in the comments as well. And we'll try and get them around to them for you. So thank you for watching. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers.